Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello and welcome back to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Scout Sobel, your host, and I am so excited to be here because today's episode is extremely special. I have Rebecca Campbell on the podcast, which is a mind-blowing moment, and I am so excited to introduce all of you to our conversation. It was potent, poignant, magical, divine, goosebumps. I was nervous to interview her because it's Rebecca Campbell, Um, but I know you guys are going to absolutely fall in love with her, and I'm going to link, we talk a lot about her Oracle deck card, so I'm going to link the deck, the cards of the deck of cards, the card of decks, the deck of cards that I use from her pretty much every single day in the show notes if you want to get your hands on them. But first, before I, you know, let you listen in on this amazing conversation, if you follow me on Instagram or signed up for my newsletter, then you already know the incredible news that I am pregnant. I announced it last week on Thursday and the overwhelming flow, inflow, influx of love, DM, comments. Some of you were even reposting my post to your stories. It was so overwhelming and lovely and beautiful and made my heart sing every possible way. So next episode, I mean, they're going to do a bonus episode this week or next episode, just depends on my energy levels this week since first trimester has definitely kicked me in the butt a little bit, will be an entire recap of one my fertility journey since it took me a year and a half to get pregnant, what that looked like, how I really surrendered into my spiritual practice and completely devoted myself to a manifestation practice just weeks before I actually conceived, what the first trimester has felt like physically, emotionally, mentally, what my mental health has been like during the last two months, which has been a challenge for me. I'll, I'll just say that, as well as 
how this is reframing my identity as an entrepreneur and how I view myself as an entrepreneur moving forward, maternity leave, um, being available to the team, et cetera, all that stuff, the fears, the excitement, everything, you know, I, you know, I don't shy away and I don't hold back when I talk about things like this. So I'm going to record a pretty lengthy episode detailing all of those things. So definitely stick around for that. If you have any questions about my pregnancy, you can DM me at Scout Sobel and I will make sure to answer them as well. But just wanted to let you know that a deeper dive is coming to the podcast soon. But first, I absolutely had to release this episode because, again, Rebecca Campbell. Rebecca Campbell is a world-renowned writer, mystic, poet, mother, channel, and creative, a best-selling author. Her books and oracle decks are published in over 20 languages. Rebecca believes that we are nature, and all of her creations are in devotion to the beauty of nature and weaving the soul back into everyday life. In the show notes, I will have all the links of where to access her membership, her mystery school, her oracles, etc. If any of you want to get involved with Rebecca Campbell's work, it was also really special because we got to talk about motherhood as this portal of creation. We got to talk about a very special story of how she uh, came up with one of the cards in her Starseed Oracle deck that I picked right before she hopped on and we recorded. So This one is really special, and I am so excited to present you with this interview, so I hope you all enjoy. Rebecca Campbell, this is a divine honor. I don't get nervous very often. I have interviewed hundreds of people at this point, but having you on the podcast is is kind of a goosebump, full body chills moment. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm looking forward to our, our chat together. Yeah. So since it is May Mental Health Month, I thought I would open by asking, how are you feeling right now in this moment? Mm, I am feeling like it's like, you know, that bit at the end of the day where you're kind of like, it's almost going home time and I could push myself a little bit more, but I should, I'm glad that I went and sat with the flowers at lunch. I know that feeling. Also, highly underrated, pausing in the middle of the day and going outside and just sitting. I try to do it for lunch at least three times a week during the work week. That's so good. Yeah, because I think as entrepreneurs, it's just so easy to just kind of push on through like we're we have the freedom but then often we are the jailer <laughs> yes yes 100 we're going to get into all the mental health entrepreneur mixed with spirituality talk but first i have to say that my first deck i ever bought was the starseed oracle i have it here it's all all the cards are on my desk right now and I started picking your cards at the beginning of my fully embodied, fully encompassed spiritual awakening in 2020, which I felt was a long time coming for me. And now I'm a huge card puller. I have a million decks, but there's something about the Starseed Oracle that for me is always on point. I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I was going through the spiritual awakening and feeling really dark. And I kept pulling the void over and over and over. And then I moved to a house with this gorgeous backyard with nature. And I kept pulling the nature card over and over and over. And so this morning, I decided to pull a card in honor of you coming on. And I literally two hours ago announced my pregnancy on Instagram. 
and I pulled the We the Hathers Deep Love Mother's Milk Birth as a Portal card. Whoa, that's amazing. Wow. This happens, and just for everybody listening, it's basically about birth as a portal that ushers in new life, that there is a tender, nourishing card reminding you to receive the deep, deep love of the mother's embrace, that I'm going through a transition right now. This is a card of extreme potency, a feminine of creation and of birth. And so this is, I, I wish I could be like, oh, this is a outlier moment for me with your deck, but your deck is always so on point. So can you talk first a little bit about the power of an Oracle card deck, how to use it, what you should use it for, how to ask it for guidance, et cetera, for anybody who does not have this practice in their ritual routine? So there is many ways that you can use an Oracle and it's completely up to you how you want to use it. My son, who's two and a half, color codes the cards with his cars. <laughs> so you can do whatever you want. Many people use it for prediction. The way I use oracles myself in my daily practice is uh, like a self-reflection tool. So a way, you know, if I've got a decision I really want to make, I find cards really, really helpful because they're really just mirroring back to us what we know deep within anyway. But how I really like to use cards is part of the daily practice. So kind of like what you've just done, like pulling a card for the for the day, or I've got a two card spread that I do a lot, which is the soul yearning and then the baby step. So that that's I think that's actually in the Starseed Oracle. So that I call it the soul whisper one. I love that spread because it's like you're getting the call of the soul, but then you're also looking at the action, the baby step. I'm a really big believer in all the creative ideas and intuition in the world is like actually pointless and and just can be frustrating unless we actually put it into action. So yeah, and if you go back, the the word oracle comes from the Latin word orare, which means to pray or speak, so to be in conversation in this instance with the divine, and then I would add within yourself. So you're kind of talking to the part of you that knows, and we're all intuitive. We've all got that. I call it the call of the soul, the whisper of the soul, but we've all got that. But it's amazing you got that card because do you know, do you know, can I tell you a story about that card? Yes, please. So that card, I was, I was in Egypt and I was at the temple of Hathor and I was laying, I kind of, I was there with the group. We had an incredible local guide and then we all just kind of, you know, went exploring and I ended up at the top of the the temple in this, what I didn't realize, I think it was like a, an initiation chamber or something, but it was kind of hard to, hard to find, but on, on the roof it was. And I laid down on the temple ground on, on the stones and above was all these incredible images of, of Hathor. And you know, Hathor, when you look at her, like some people say she represents like like the feminine, like as in the vagina, like, you know, like birth in that way. But then also she's connected in particularly on this ceiling with, with the stars. And so, and what I got, I was, it was a couple months before I was pregnant with my son and he came to me there and I received this thing, which is in, I think it's in the, um, I think I put it in the description, like birth is a portal. And I, what I got given with that was, and, and I wouldn't understand it for at least like about a year after was that it's like, yeah, like 
giving birth, like really we're being a portal between the worlds, like literally like for a being to be born in the world. And yeah, and it, and I and I feel like because I, I created the Starfeed deck while I was pregnant. That was like literally like I had a little being in me. <laughs> and my intention with that deck was to to for me, a starseed is anyone who is who is aware that they're a soul having a human experience and is open to the possibility that, you know, like that part of us that is there when we draw our first breath and continues on after we exhale our last, it's a mystery where we go in between lives or whatever. And so with that concept, it's like, we're all star seeds really. And that deck was all about like calling us more fully here. And I feel like birth and watching a being like, and you'll see all of this as like being a mom and like there's the birth itself and all of that. It's this, incredible thing that like is the most normal thing in the world and also the most extraordinary thing in the world just like nature is right and it's like of the cosmos and also of the mundane all at once yeah there's so many things going through my mind I mean first of all that's an incredible story that that's how you came up with this exact card specifically and Two, going back to how people use your decks or decks in general, I always use it as what does God need to tell me in that moment? I call my relationship to spirit energy, the cosmos, my soul, God. And um, every single time I read one of your cards, it's always the message that my higher self or my soul needs to tell me. So last night or yesterday, I was in a call with my coach and I was shocked at how rough my first trimester was and I was really in resistance to what I was physically experiencing and I was not happy with my physical symptoms. And so yesterday was this breakthrough moment of surrender to this process, surrender to the challenges that you might feel because you are going through a new portal. You are going through a new human and spiritual experience at the same time. And so to receive this card, which... It says, if so, you're being reminded that you're cradled in a sacred container, that you're more held than you can possibly imagine because I was feeling disconnected from God and my spirituality in my first trimester because I allowed the human pains of the physical symptoms get the best of me and it was difficult to connect to my soul in that way. So that's always what your deck provides for me. It's the taking my human experience and then giving me the God response and the God support and the surrender and the spiritual answer to what I'm going through here on earth. So (laughs) all of that being said, you talk about coming home to your soul, which is something I use your deck, as we just said, I just said to do. For anyone who's listening, who is struggling with their mental health, Coming back to your soul is a practice that, for me, catapulted me tremendously through my healing and gave me a deeper sense of fulfillment in this lifetime. I suffer from bipolar disorder, and the thing that saved me was my spiritual practice and coming home to my soul. For anyone who wants that but feels like that practice is foreign, how can we start to come home to our soul as a human body having a spiritual, or sorry, a 
spiritual soul having a human experience? Mm. So first of all, like the first step is just acknowledging that that's a possibility, that there is this part of us that choose to be here at this time in this body. Yeah. And to acknowledge that the same unique presence, like obviously it's a little bit different, but each being has that as well. And so I think that's a, a way, like seeing the sacred in all things is a way for our soul to be more here and us to acknowledge it. Cause it's like, when you see it in others, like I've got these flowers in front of me. If I properly witness the beauty, I can feel this like awe feeling. Do you know what I mean? When you see a sunset, you might feel the same thing. And it's like, ah, oh. what I believe is happening when, when we experience these moments, it's like the soul is coming more into the body. So another example is like reading poetry or listening to really inspiring music. It's that same thing. Obviously meditation and many different spiritual practices, dance, all of these things do it. So like if you're feeling like, oh, I don't want to meditate for an hour or whatever, like that's, or I don't want to chant, I don't want to do all of that. It's cool. Just start with the, the things that bring you or, or another way of saying it is that like light you up, like make you come more alive and just follow that trail. Um, and then if you're wanting to kind of like turn it up a little bit more, like I really recommend some kind of daily practice. Again, it can be five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long time. I think repetition is more important than length of time. And particularly if you're someone who is highly emotional or very sensitive or a, a deep feeler, having that rhythm is something that that can assist in the holding um, to bring you back. And I know from my my own experience that it, it is often the days that we need those practices the most when we feel like we're too busy or too whatever. And so that's why it's about the practice because it's like the muscle that you you build up. It's like there is this holding that that grows and grows and grows so that when you are having a really bad day, it's not so hard to go to it and be held by it consistency always. And what you just said is something that I always say. I find that when we are experiencing depression or anxiety or sadness or grief or any uncomfortable emotion that makes us feel temporarily unsafe, we've actually blinded ourselves to the beauty that still exists. Like every time I feel a certain type of way that I don't want to feel, I remind myself that beauty exists beyond this experience. I just can't see it in this moment. So choosing to see a flower, choosing to see the sunset, choosing to see the beauty in the mundane is a way that I I personally reframe my perspective and my reality and bring me a little bit back. Mm. Can I ask real quick what flowers you have on your? Oh, I have, these are David Austin roses. I just did a, oh. I don't normally, I have them in my garden, but I don't normally have them every day, everywhere. That's so but I, I did a, I filmed something this week. And so I splurged on 12 of them and they, oh my God, they smell incredible. Like they're the most mm. beautiful but th that's another way to, to come back. Is it like, you know, it's all of the senses, you know, mm -hmm. even like you know, with food or, or any of the senses that you're like, if you're slowing down and like receiving, it, it brings you back into the moment. 
I'm curious, like when you're feeling unsteady, like what practice works best for you? So at this point in my life, I had my first depressive episode of 14, but I showed signs of emotional instability very young in life. So I was formally diagnosed at 20, I'm 30. So it's been, you know, 16 years of really living in the thick of a pretty severe mental illness. So at this point, I just exactly, as you said, started doing little five-minute consistent things when I was 21. I started expressing gratitude. I started trying to believe in a higher power because my husband went through Alcoholics Anonymous and is an 11 years sober today. And so I just started those five little minutes. It, It really, really is micro stuff, guys, micro, micro stuff. And then at this point, although it has changed a lot being pregnant, since I feel like I have a whole new operating system, <laughs> for me, my daily, daily go-tos are journaling, praying, meditating, moving my body, and I celebrate the small wins like it's nobody's business. Like, mm. I'll be in line to get coffee with my assistant, and I'll look at her and just be like, God, our life's fucking great. Like, our job today is fun. We're getting a good cup of coffee. It, there's sun outside. And so for me, it's it's not the big gestures. It's all of those little things. And then when I'm really, really in a situation where I'm feeling emotional crisis, I remind myself that I'm safe in my emotions and that I've mm-hmm. survived every single one of my emotions. And then I get in prayer with God and surrender my experience and feelings to God, spirit, source, the universe. And that is usually the most potent thing that helps reground me. So it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of upkeep every single day. It went from five minutes to two hours a day. (laughs) Right. So where, in your opinion, does spirituality and mental health intersect? Because for me, it's been imperative to my healing. Mm, Gosh. Well, I mean, there's so many answers to that. I don't think it's just... I think it's like there's so many different intersections. I think one can be often people experience an awakening or because they're like so low that they're searching for something else, something else must exist. And so, you know, it's the classic thing. It's through through the rock bottoms, right? I think also a lot of people who experience trauma, which maybe that is all of us, you know, you become very highly sensitive when you experience trauma, like fight, flight, freeze. And so, you know, there can be a sort of bypassing that happens, which I think we need to watch out for in the spiritual community as well. And, and you know, like we're all on our journey and in our perfect, that like, you know, it's all, all fine where we are and then we end up where we're meant to be at the perfect timing, right? But yeah, it can, I think we can be reaching to escape from where we are. And that's like, that's a watch out, I think, particularly if we struggle with, with mental health. And then I think as well, like, you know, cause I, what I do see a lot is that often we'll have some big experience and it'll be like, whoa, big awakening. And it's like, this is the answer. Like as if like we found out and then you realize the awakening process never ends. It's a thing called life. And I've noticed in myself and I've seen it in, in others as well is that you know, obviously it never ends the, the process, but it, it tends to be like a, a an up, like almost like a, it's like up through the crown 
And then eventually like a boom, like a descent into the humanness. And I think the two, it's it's about eventually like the two being woven back together because I think in our society, particularly in the West, it's like we've created a world on top of the world, it, like the earth in a way. And so where indigenous traditions would see the sacred in the everyday, like literally a sacred in the sun rising and the seasons coming and going, you know, your belly growing as a mum to be. We're so focused on bloom, 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 grow, 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 that we've become disconnected from the sacred that is actually here. And then through various religions, and I'm a big believer in religion, I think I'm a believer in all faith, like I, I have deep respect for it all. And like particularly in, in my cosmology that I was raised in, I was raised to see God as a masculine in the sky. Now I use the term God like you as well, but also it was like, it was separate from me, the way I was raised in my society and culture and all of that. And so there is this like disconnect. And so I think sometimes it's like we go up to the heavens and then it's about like coming back down to earth where we become actually quite humble through our struggles, through our experience. And then we're able to hold compassion, like true compassion for others as well. But yeah, I do really see such a deep connection with mental health and spirituality and in good and challenging ways. How about you? So, so much of what you said resonated in the sense that when I had my massive spiritual awakening, I was on my honeymoon in Tulum four years ago, and it felt like I was on ecstasy for a couple of days straight. Like my anxiety was gone. I was seeing everything. I was like, this is all connected. It's a whole story. And I remember when I really got crazy was when I said, what, I feel changed. And what are people going to think about me because I'm having such a true awakened experience. What are people going to think about me when I come home or if I talk about this? And all of a sudden a song started playing at the hotel or I like listened to the song playing and it said, if you don't like my fire, don't come around because I'm going to burn one down. And I was like, who's watching me? Who's listening to my thoughts? It was, it was insane. And then I plummeted and then I realized that a true spiritual awakening, awakening in a daily consistent practice isn't just about feeling connected and love and light and all of that and that my true healing came from not resisting my feelings or trying to deny them and get back to that homeostasis but rather accepting and giving them the space to be felt uh, to come through me and so that's been my experience of my spiritual waking is that it is it is deeply painful and deeply uncomfortable and deeply beautiful and joyful and the the breadth of human experience that I have now committed myself to loving unconditionally no matter what side of the spectrum I'm currently on so that's what it's taught me in many ways it's taught me that the truth of what this experience is but the bypassing is something that can happen and it's a word that's thrown around a lot right like don't spiritually bypass don't spiritually bypass can you break down what that actually means so we can identify if we are doing that in our daily mental health practices? Mm. Well, yeah. So when we bypass 
reality in order to just like go straight to the love and light as essentially what we're doing. So, you know, everything happens for a reason when someone's daughter has died. Like, how could we possibly know that? I don't know any human on the planet who could know the reason for that. And maybe it does, but we can't see that. You know, it's that type of thing where you just go straight to the kind of like the positive. The toxic positivity. Yeah, and push down yeah. everything else that's there. Like put it in a box, just put put it to the mm. side, just pretend. And so, you know, it's like the cliche is like the kind of like, everything's fine, love it, light, you know, and you can, it's like everything's being pushed down. Anything that I've experienced, which is like in the extremes of life, like um, like when I've had dear friends who have passed away or I've been at a wedding and just so moved, like these the birth of my son, like all of these things, when I felt so deeply moved by life, it's often the tragedy and the ecstasy combined. Like when my friend Blair passed away, I never laughed so much, which was just bonkers. When I gave birth to my son, I've never been in such, and I know this isn't everyone's experience, but so full of agony and bliss at the same time, you know? Yeah. Seeing a a baby take their first breath, and seeing an old person exhale their last or not even an old person, any person. And since, since having my son, I've really been grappling with how to even express that, these extremes of life and how perhaps one of the greatest challenges is to find a way to keep our heart open through the agony, through the grief, through the, you know, like I remember when in the first like months of my son being alive and, you know, your hormones are all over the place, you haven't slept, all of this kind of stuff. But what I wasn't ready for, and I've spoken to many people who have experienced something similar. So it's like, I know it's an actual thing, (laughs) but I started to feel within me this, extreme love, but also deep, deep grief. When I would walk in and I would see just like how much love he was beaming at me. Like he was literally looking at me like I was the goddess. And to him, I was. Now I'm not anymore. He's loving his dad way more than me right now. (laughs) Like go away, mommy. But, But in those early months, it was like, I literally was the goddess. And he had so much love beaming for everyone, but particularly me. And it was really hard for me to receive that. Like I could feel how I wanted to kind of like back away a little bit from it. Not like I'm going to leave my son or anything, but I really felt, I'm I'm obviously in constant inquiry about this stuff, (laughs) but I could feel like, the expansion and me actually being like, can I, can I contain this? I'm, I'm curious how your experience will be because I, I question this around like as adults, like, is it possible? 
to fully receive the the love that a newborn has like it's so pure and so unlimited and I don't know if it if, it, if it's possible or not because I wasn't able to receive it in its expanse I was trying but it was like oh that hurts but it feels so good <laughs> yeah so I mean I have trouble receiving in other ways and so what you're saying while well, I have not experienced it makes sense because I think just just like we experience a contraction or a constriction when something really terrible or grief-stricken consumes us, I can imagine that on the other spectrum, which I think we don't experience as much as we do the challenging parts of our lives when things are so blissfully, purely divine and ecstatic that stuff is scary too because it's like an overload of the system and to ground yourself in that much purity or that much love or it often brings up anything that is not that as well yeah I'm I'm sure it questions your worth and and all of that stuff so I think it makes perfect sense and we got to figure out how to master that because (laughs) it would be great to experience that to the fullest and feel safe in that experience. Like there's a lot of instability and fear in success and happiness. Like that's why people self-sabotage their lives because being happy, like I remember when I was in the depths of depression and psychosis and catatonia and Mm. going to the hospital, like the idea of being happy scared me because it was so unknown and so foreign. I didn't know what it would feel like to just be stable and happy. So whenever we have an experience that's just not the norm, good or bad, I can imagine that we go into this, hold on, I don't feel safe because this is unknown. And how can I reground into a mundane reality that feels more predictable, I suppose. So I'm going to keep this in mind because I can totally imagine myself seeing that, feeling that, being aware of that and and pulling back. And so I'm going to try not to pull back and I will report back and see, see if I can do it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. You know, it's, Mm. it's a, yeah, but that makes perfect sense. It does. And I think a lot of people don't talk enough about how there's fear on both ends of all of our human experiences, whether they're good or bad. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. We could probably talk about all these things forever, but I do want to ask one last question. Yeah. We talked a little bit in the beginning. You said, you know, you mentioned being an entrepreneur. With all of this emotional experience, you are a very self-aware person. You are constantly analyzing and questioning your experience here. How do you live both as an emotional, spiritual being within the confines and structure of entrepreneurship, which is also very grueling and demanding? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's such a good question. (gasps) Oh. You know, I've actually just done something different just this year because I had noticed that I was feeling like, you know, just that pressure of like where like as an entrepreneur, you're kind of like a persona almost like there's you and then there's the other bit and all of that. And I definitely have a tendency because I'm a deep thinker, deep feeler, (laughs) all of that to feel like to go into the kind of like, oh, I've done something wrong or there's something wrong. I'm not, okay. yeah, like, I, I, and, and I recognize that about myself. And so I do a lot of like the deep 
diving work. But yeah, this this year, what I decided to do is just properly work on my confidence and the more positive stuff, which to me is actually even harder to just be like, right, no, I'm going to I'm going to feel good about expanding and and confidence and all of that. Like I'm I'm much more comfortable going into the depths. And so, yeah, I've been exploring that a little bit more and it's been interesting what's come up as a result. There is a lot of deep stuff there that I guess I, I just wasn't ready to kind of like unpack. And so, yeah. And so getting, getting support around, that which to me feels different from like you know sharing your voice visibility it's it's slightly different but yeah I um that's been something that's really been helping me Mm, I love it when our businesses showcase the part of ourselves that we might not have realized (laughs) need a little bit of work on it's like the biggest mirror to everywhere we gotta work on ourselves I'm like people pleasing over here boundaries (laughs) over here confrontation over here so I'm happy to hear I'm not alone in that experience. It is it is a big syllabus. <laughs> yeah, it is a big syllabus. Okay, Rebecca, thank you so much. Truly, truly an incredible moment to be able to speak with someone like you. Can you please let everybody know where they can find you, support you, sign up for all the offerings that you have by your Oracle decks, the whole nine yards? Uh, yeah, just head, head to my website. I'm RebeccaCampbell.me. I'm actually starting something. It's not quite launched yet, but it's coming in June, which is discover your spiritual practice. So it's seven days of free guided practice. So yeah, URL will be RebeccaCampbell.me forward slash practice, but it's not up yet, but it will be. But yeah, join me for that if you want to explore spiritual practice a little bit more. Yeah. Beautiful. And I will link in the show notes the exact link to get the Oracle that I use by you every day so you guys can get that. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend If you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.